0: Podcast one production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Hey, we love getting questions from you on The Health Hacker. Email address is healthhacker at manshake.com.au. Send them through. We go through them and we do episodes on them. It's the best way that we can make sure this podcast is helping you. And on this episode, we are asking the greatest question, Adam. I think this is probably my favorite episode so far. (laughs) How a hamburger and a beer can help you lose weight. Adam, I'm all ears. How are you, mate? <laughs>
1: I'm fantastic, my friend. And yes, it's true. Um, a lot of people don't realize that uh, when they go on these extreme diets, that it affects uh, our weight loss. It affects our mental health. It affects a number of things, particularly our hormones. And this is where indulging in a treat meal, not a cheat meal. I hate the word cheat. Um, okay. You know, Research has been done around um, the hormonal response uh, from hormones such as cortisol, for example, when you have a certain mindset around eating foods which are perceived to be bad for you, how this can actually increase cortisol levels and obviously mental health plays a big role in, in our body's ability to um, produce certain hormones. Just thoughts alone create emotions. Emotions create uh, hormones and create actions. Because so, you said
0: before, if we have too much cortisol in our body, we actually retain the fat, and we don't digest it as well. Is that
1: right? Well, you retain this fat around your stomach in particular. Ah. So um, you, know, you see a, a lot of guys in particular wobbling around these days, unfortunately, um, storing a lot of gut fat as a result of um, having adrenal. Um, dysfunction, which essentially means that they're in a state of stress uh, most of the time. So um, therefore, their bodies uh, think that they're under threat, and they store this fat uh, in a nice little cosy place, which is is the gut gut. for us (laughs) blokes. And uh, you know that that's why um, you know gut fat now is so insidious amongst most people. So So,
0: so that's interesting. So we have got to be really careful of the words that we choose in our life, right? So Mm. I mean, you've said before so many times, it's not a it's not a bad life, just a bad day. So Mm. like that self talk you said to yourself, don't beat yourself up, and it's the same when you having a treat, it's not a cheat, it's yeah. a treat. Because then your body will react in a different way because of your, your mind and your
1: mental status. That is bizarre. Well, well, think about when you use the word cheat, for example. Okay. feels naughty. It feels naughty. It does. And, and when you eat something and you're sitting there, rather than enjoying it, and partaking in, in the mental reward and, and the relaxation effect and and the celebration of just enjoying the food because you've, you know, got to that point where you reward yourself. Because we know the importance of habits. We've spoken about the you know, the best way to change your life is by changing your habits and and doing things in small steps um, is the key to success. And, you know, if you want a happy life as well, it's not so much obtaining things, it's the view, it's your expectations, it's how you view life, which determines whether or not you're happy or not. So for example, it's raining outside today and uh, for a farmer, that's the best thing ever. But for a little kid, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. And it's the same thing. But it's just the way they interpret that situation. We got deep quick, didn't we? We did get deep quick, but right. the reality is is our mindsets are so important. The stories we tell ourselves shape who we are and how we feel. So the, the way that we label food and the way that we we look at food is very important from a mental health point of view and also from, you know, a results point of view as well, because as we, we touched upon, you know, our thoughts create emotions and emotions create hormones and create actions. So if you're saying to yourself, I'm having a beer and I shouldn't be having a beer because I've gone on dry July, you've been beat yourself up, you get depressed, and we know that when you're depressed, you know your your hormones go haywire, you get more hungry, you you sleep less, (laughs) and this all becomes this one big merry-go-round where all Mm. of a sudden you're on this path to failure when it comes to health and weight loss.
0: Sounds like we're going to touch on more of that. So on this episode, we're talking treat
1: meals? Treat Treat meals. We are talking treat meals and the importance of scheduling treat meals into your weekly Regime, they're very, very important, particularly if you're on on a weight loss um, journey at the moment. Um, don't be fooled by what you see on Instagram. We see The Rock. Um, he's famous for his treat treat meals. Yeah, um, and the, the ham. The, he <gasps> eats like I mean, you're talking about
0: The Rock, right? We're talking about the <laughs> act of anyone who thinks no, it's not an actual inanimate object. We're yeah. Talking about you know <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Um, the stack of pancakes and stuff he eats, like as big as him, or he eats like fifty-five pieces of sushi. Yeah, you know? but yeah. you know, it's hard to compare yourself to him. The guy is training. Ah, oh,
1: he's a freak, and and yeah. I'd love to actually see him eat them, because you only see a still picture. Sure. So you know, I'm sort of sitting there and going. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot of food and, and you know, it, it's quite interesting that um, I've got no doubt that he does eat it, but I think it would get a lot more views if he actually showed us him, you know, spending an hour eating this huge uh, mountain of pancakes <laughs> as big as his biceps. live streaming for an hour. Yeah, 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 live streaming for an hour into a glycemic <laughs> coma, withdrawal <laughs> running down his chin, falling under his huge pecs. I think that would be something that I'd uh, much prefer to uh, look at. But um, it all comes back to, you know, understanding our hormones. And this is the key with um, weight loss. Um, it all... It all is really revolving around um, how we manipulate or how we can hack into our hormones, and understanding the fact that when it comes to to our hunger and our, our feeling of satiety, when we eat a meal, and particularly guys, you know, who suffer from portion distortion, for want of a better word, there are two main hormones that we should be focusing on here to really boost our metabolism and to keep hunger at bay, and they're two hormones by the name of it, firstly leptin and ghrelin. Um, they're quite well named in the sense that uh, you think about, you know, your stomach growling. <laughs> yeah. And um So how do we spell them for anyone who wants to Google them first? Okay. So leptin is L-E-P-T-I-N. Okay. And ghrelin is G-H-R-E-L-I-N. Okay, I'm really glad you spelled that because I would have no idea how
0: to <laughs> you know I can't even pronounce it. Okay, great.
1: Cool. Yeah. Okay. So those are the two. And they're the two, and, and leptin is a hormone that's actually generated. By our fat cells, which makes it even cooler. So, oh. so yeah, and it, it sends a signal to the brain, um, and it tells your body uh, when you're full and when to say, "All right, the handbrake's on, we should stop eating now." Um, so, it really regulates um, the appetite controlling mechanism in in your brain, um, and it signals to the body also to to ensure that it keeps burning calories at a normal rate. Um, Because what happens is when you go on these starvation or extreme diets, for example, a lot of people like to gravitate towards elimination-style diets. That's That's the thing that most diets have in common is they eliminate something, whether mm. it's, you know, they eliminate carbohydrates or mm. they eliminate fat. Mm. Um, or food. Or food in general, <laughs> um, where you don't eat at all. Yeah. And and the interesting study, and we'll dive into this um, in an episode standalone, but a great meta-analysis study done recently, which essentially is taking a whole heap of, of, of studies and um, collaborating them to find the, 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 um, oh, the like results. The common links kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the common yeah, links okay. and the, and the, and the, the you but know. the study of studies. Study of studies to find out, yeah, what what the lay of the land really looks oh, okay, like. Yeah. So what's the average? Um, they just compared, you know, low fat um, versus high fat diets, you know, low carb versus high carb diets. And it was really, really interesting because most people, you know, in their camp, cause as we know, diets have become very dogmatic. Everyone, yeah. you know, is so fixated on yeah, my yeah, diet's yeah. the best diet. Yeah, yeah. This is the only in way the, it Meeting works. the
0: street at night with pitchforks, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, keto versus. Keto versus yeah, veganism yeah, yeah, versus yeah. whatever it may yeah, be. There we go.
1: And I always say, you know, our biology is so different. Um, and you know, how you get, how you get to the top of the mountain, you know, there's plenty of ways to get to the top of the mountain. So just do what works for you. And there is no exact perfect diet. Mm. Anybody that tells you there's one best diet, they're absolutely full of BS. Um, But what the study did find was um, exactly that, that each diet basically performed the same. The key takeaway was compliance, finding the diets that you can actually stick to. So I always say that the best diets are ones that are sociable. So you're allowed to still enjoy your friends, go Mm -hmm. out and do stuff. They're sustainable in the sense that they don't require you to go and, you know. Dive to the bottom of the ocean to find some exotic superfood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Or, um, you know, they um, are also affordable as well. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're the three sort of big things that I look for with most people. Um, but um, there was a slight difference in outcome, though, for women and men. And I don't know if this was psychological again, which is really interesting, mm. was that women actually perform better on a higher carbohydrate diet and a lower fat diet, whereas men. Well, the opposite. They actually perform better on a slightly lower carbohydrate diet and slightly more fat. Now, I don't know if it's because of the psychological effect that, you know, women for whatever reason have been conditioned as we all have for so long that ingesting fat makes you fat. It's like I say, if you eat blueberries, you don't turn blue. Yeah, no. (laughs) But for whatever reason, you know, society has really, you know, we know that um, there was a, a big push towards low fat um, and that's where all the, the the sugar problems have stemmed from is the fact they took the fat out of food because it was pumped demonized, it sugar, pumped yeah. it full of sugar and yeah. you know all these other nasty additives and preservatives um, to make the food taste good because fat is what actually makes food taste good. So women have always been afraid of fat. So it'd be interesting to see how much of a psychological effect that is having on their weight loss. Mm. Um, Whereas men, you know, um, it could be because they have different hormonal needs as well and and fat cells are essentially what make up the cell membranes in our bodies, um, which is uh, very important um, when it comes to ingesting enough fat in our diets as well. So that was really, really interesting as well.
0: So blokes, whether it's psychological or not, it seemed to be the study said that actually blokes should tend to lean a bit more towards a lower carb diet um, and women should go towards a higher carb diet. Yeah,
1: and yeah. you've got to be careful So In these studies, too, what's defined as low carbohydrates right. is a long way from what I suppose somebody that's extreme would say is a low carbohydrate diet, such as yeah. someone that's on a keto diet. Yeah. So in these studies, you know, most people are consuming two to 300 grams of carbohydrates a day. Technically, anything low carbohydrate in the diet world is considered 150 grams or less. Mm. Uh, ketogenic um status um, is consuming 50 grams of carbohydrates oh, or less a, a day. Lot. It's, like it's one one not a lot. Piece of brain, yeah, it's not it's not a lot of carbohydrates. Yeah. But um, you know, I always say that a little bit of something doesn't mean a lot more of it's better. And that's the problem with a lot of diets as we know. You know, diversity is always king when it comes to good health and and, and whether it's gut health or whether it's mm. um, you know, Better health in general, making sure we have a diversity of foods. You is know what? Important. Every
0: time I buy yogurt now, I, a lot of my <laughs> life is going. Oh, what would Adam do? And I walk in now. and Go. Well, I bought that yogurt last time. I'm going to buy a different one because yeah. you said they all have different pre and probiotics. Mix so, it up. Yeah, mix it up.
1: Keep mixing yeah, it up. Okay. So, all right, cool. So, and th- that's where mixing your diet up. Coming back to today's question um, from Nick, who asked me this question. He said, "You know, um, should I enjoy a beer and a burger on the weekend? Will it, Will it mm. make my weight loss?" go backwards. And, I, and, and I'm answering you today, Nick, certainly not my friend. It'll actually boost your metabolism and, and because leptin and ghrelin are going to be reset once you give your body the signal that it's not in a starvation state. So this is really important. Um, essentially, what leptin does is it, it signals to the brain whether or not it's, it's, it's got food or it doesn't have food. Um, and as a result, if it senses that you're not getting food in, well, that's when your appetite naturally increases. Um, your brain signals to obviously go and find food. So that drives you then to go out and find food. Um, And that's, you know, why when you don't eat enough, your metabolism is going to slow down. So there is such a thing. You hear people debate it all the time and say, oh, there's no such thing as starvation mode. You know, if you're depriving yourself, you don't go into starvation mode. But there was a fascinating study done on the people from The Biggest Loser in America. Mm -hmm. And essentially, they, they found that whilst these people lost a lot of weight when they did the competition, when they left the competition, they put most of the weight back on because of this extreme dieting. And then some probably. And then some because their metabolism Become broken, and in particular, I would argue that their hormonal dysregulation, particularly leptin and ghrelin, mm. kicked in, and all of a sudden, you know, to actually keep burning the same amount of of fat, they would then have to go even lower again. Mm. They'd have to do more exercise, and they'd have to actually, um, you know, eat even less. Um, but they could have fixed it. If they would have made sure that they weren't breaking their hormonal uh, key regulators, which were leptin and ghrelin, and to do that, all they needed to do was short, short little refeed windows where they boost their metabolism, or um, go on these diet breaks. Um, you know, yeah. where you sort of diet hard for a few weeks, and then you give yourself a little bit of a break, go back to maintenance calories, and go again. So, can I try and
0: understand that a bit more? And I suppose we dived into this a little bit. Uh, for anyone new to the podcast, go back and listen to an episode we did with Dr. Nick Fuller. We talk about your set weight, but that was a very deep Detailed look at it. Mm. This, though, what you're saying is that if we stay on a diet for too long, our body starts to go, okay, I see what's happening here. Slow down metabolism because at the start you go, yeah, I'm losing weight, I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden your body will plateau, which everyone gets to that. So, a way to almost kind of get your body out of that state is to have a couple of treat meals or don't worry about your diet for a couple of days because yep. you know we can't do everything forever. You just want to be consistent over a long time. So you're having a beer with the boys or you're having a burger or whatnot and your body goes, oh no, no, we're good. We're getting yep. some calories in. And then you're going back then to your um, more, I suppose, focused way of eating. I don't want to say diet. I'm trying yeah, to avoid yeah, the yeah. word. <laughs> and then your body's going, oh, no, okay, we're back on here and we're going to continue that sort of plateau down of burning fat because it's kicking in those hormones again, Captain and exactly. drilling, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, okay. Perfect way of looking at it. And that that's the thing, you know? So we're learning more and more about, you know... I'm capture. just
0: ordering a burger, just gives a the second <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> And we're learning more and more about this strategy. And, and I know, like, with the... Um, with the people that I've helped lose weight that we've had great success with these little sprints, you know, these little surges. And I always say, guys are, you know, very attention disordered. You know, we have great attention for short periods. Mm. And that's why it makes, you know, I suppose changing your eating pattern much easier when you realize that, okay, you know, for five days of the week, I'm going to really... You know, make my diet really simple. I'm gonna, you know, batch cook. I'm gonna, you know, have a couple of shakes a day. Don't have to think about it. I know what I eat. On a Monday I eat a shake for breakfast. Let's say I eat, you know, a bit of protein and salad for lunch and then, you know, shake in the afternoon. Then for dinner, I come home and have whatever my wife cooks me. She knows cook me some vegetables and some meat. Yeah. Easy. Don't have to think about it. Yeah. Then comes the weekend when you wanna go out and hang with your mates and have some fun or whatever. Um, that's when that's the time to enjoy these these treat meals. And then so we
0: get to the, and then before we used to go, oh, Monday, I'm guilty. I had this (laughs) and this. And you probably are drinking more because you felt guilty. You eat more because you felt guilty. But what you're saying is enjoy the treat because what's actually happening is your body is getting reset for when you're going back to the stronger diet and more regimented diet during the week. And hopefully what's happened, because you weren't so guilt-ridden over the weekend, you haven't overindulged and your hormones haven't, hung on to sort of the fat and put it around your stomach. It's actually just used it as fuel like it should with food.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's, it's really, really interesting. And, and, oh man, you know, it, it, it's, it's it, so fascinating, this whole area of weight loss. And, and that's why, you know, I suppose we're in the situation we are today where, you know, they predict that, you know, more than 70% of the population by 2050 are going to be obese, which is quite yeah. staggering. But, um, you know, leptin, you know, was only discovered in 1994, Alex. So they're oh, really learning more and more about it. Wow. And, um, there's no drugs or supplements out there at the moment. They actually tried to inject people with leptin, thinking that the more leptin they put in their system, the better. Exogenous leptin, oh, you know what's going to happen? It's going to tell the brain not to overeat, mm-hmm. that it's full, it's not going to crave, because that's the hardest thing with any type of diet is compliance, sticking to the diet, yeah. because you know, y- y- these hormones... Do this to you, but they make and you start dreaming it, about food. Yeah, you do, <laughs> yeah. and it makes you depressed. Yeah. You. And I'm
0: not talking about obviously clinical depression is a different thing, but you just general kind of Oh, I want to go see my mate, but I can't do anything. And yeah. you lie there thinking about schooners <laughs> or whatever your poison is. You know, it might be a burger. It might be what chippies. I don't yeah. know.
1: You do. Well, when when I, I do some of my um, inflammation, you know, um, fasts that I've done and and the hackings that I've done over the years to try different diets, you do and wild stuff. I've though. done some extreme stuff, I admit. <laughs> but you know, I can remember lying there and just you know dreaming of you know like um, food and and even getting on up in the middle of the night and turning on SBS to watch a cooking show. You know, and you seem there just. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You know, so... But I suppose that's your body, like, trying to go survive, survive. It doesn't know what's going on. It doesn't know what's going on. So, you know, and that's where people that are obese, you know, are are really up against it as well. Because, you know, what happens is that their bodies can become what we call leptin resistance as well. And and this is really interesting and... um, they don't know why at the moment, but um, their, their leptin levels are actually elevated. So they've got plenty of levels. Like I said earlier about they were injecting obese people with leptin and it was doing nothing. Mm. So um, what happens is the brain then starts to fail to recognize this hormone. So it mm. becomes resistant to it. So it's a bit like insulin resistance. Yeah.
0: and um, Kind of like another form of diabetes.
1: Yeah. So essentially, not only does it contribute to you eating more with this leptin resistance, but it also signals to the brain that you need to save energy right? So that leads to the metabolism slowing down as well. So the brain's going, well, we don't have enough energy. You know what, mate? Don't move. Yeah, And that's what people struggle with, with behavior change. They're fighting against this DNA from millions of years of our ancestors being cavemen, mm. where they didn't move unnecessarily because food wasn't abundant. Mm. You know, I often joke about it, you know, exercise only becomes something um, in the last... You know, a couple of decades once shoe companies started marketing. Yeah. Um. Only people that used to run were people that stole something. Yeah. And vanity. And vanity. Yeah. yeah, People want to look good. Want to look good, but um, you know, it's really interesting that um, you know, if you go on these starvation diets for too long, you can then you know also build up this leptin resistance, or if you become overweight, your body starts to to recognise the leptin hormone, which causes a whole heap of problems for people as well. So. What we can do, though, there's some great little hacks that I can share with you now to improve leptin to start with. Now, the first one was really interesting, um, speaking of exercise, is actually exercising. Um, it indicates, the research that I've looked at, that um, the physical activity, for whatever reason, changes the brain function and it allows us to become more leptin-sensitive. Um, we know that when you exercise, your brain produces brain-derived neurofactors. And, you feel good. Yeah, no you one ever good. says,
0: oh, I shouldn't have gone for that lovely walk. Yeah. You go, I don't want to go for a walk, but I've never come back and gone, I hated that. Yeah, like the you endorphins go, oh, it's and nice. all these great yeah.
1: chemicals that are released in the brain. And we, we know the benefits of exercise. Mm. So this is just another benefit exercising. So whilst I always say that you can't outrun a bad diet, yeah. um, going for a quick run or a walk or whatever it is, getting outside and doing some exercise can help reset your leptin levels, particularly if you are on a diet. So that's where exercise is really beneficial. And
0: make it small too. You had a great hack. Oh, it must have been a year ago now. I don't know when it was, but you said, just walk to the end of the street yep. and then get to the street and go, okay, do I want to go further? And you'll find that you probably will go much further than you thought you were going to go. Don't have to go on this massive walk. Just start and go end of the street and back.
1: Yeah. You play games of yourself and it's like, you know, you, you want to get fitter. Um, you know, just say you're going to do one push up in the morning. You get down yeah. on the ground, you do the one, you go, well, I'm bloody down here now. I'll do... <laughs> A few more, yeah. you know, so. Even if you only do four, great. And do four. And that's like when you eat as well. If you're somebody that struggles to be compliant, you know, making sure that, you know, you make any habit you want to do easy. It's got to be seamless. You don't want to mm. create friction. You know, any bad habit, you want to make yeah the friction there. Yeah. So, you know, if you're somebody that sits on your backside too much or watches TV in the morning or looks at your phone first thing, you know, put the phone somewhere where you can't get to it easily. You have to go out of your way mm. and that's going to, you know, remind you before you actually take it, that friction is going to stop you and say, hang on, it's I know, I shouldn't, upstairs, I, I, know I shouldn't be doing this. i I know I shouldn't be doing this. That's yeah. why it's hard. Yeah. Whereas make good habits easy. And, okay. you know, starting off with just focusing on, you know, pre-cooking some meals, putting them in the fridge. So when you get up in the morning, you know, you know what you're already going to eat for the day. You know, it's easy. It's much easier than you know having to go through and grab something that's bad for you. The second little tip is is making sure that we're really watching watching sugar. Um, I know that we we speak about sugar all the time, but um, you know, studies have shown that people that go on a, a low sugar diet um also reset their leptin levels much more effectively. And for whatever reason, sugar has numerous effects on our brain, from dopamine to instant pleasure reward loops and all these amazing things. From we're the talking scientific.
0: about refined sugar here? We're not talking about fruit. No. Yeah. No, we're talking about Fruit refined juice sugar. is a different thing. we on that, but yeah, we're talking stone. about refined sugar because fruit people get worried about fruit, and one thing fruit has is fiber as well. People don't know, people kind of get angry at you about that.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that because one study said that eating high fiber foods in particular. Mm. Um, will increase your, your leptin um, sensitivity and reset your leptin. So it's, it's a great tip there in itself, Alex. Um, eating more high omega-free style of diet, so a Mediterranean style diet is very beneficial mm. also for leptin levels, um, particularly fatty fishes yep. um, such as salmon. You know, oh. we use that word um,
0: Look, Listen to the episode Smash. with Dr. Catherine Itziopoulos. That yeah. about the Mediterranean diet has changed the way I go shopping. Yeah, great yeah. episodes. Okay, so omega-3s is what we're after, not omega-6s. We're after grass-fed beef, salmons, things yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, try and stay away from these rancid, you know, cooking oils such as your vegetable oils mm. and, you know, these things. And that's omega-6s. That omega-6s. Omega like when you have a look at ancestrally at our diets, you know, our ancestors used to have a diet which they would argue was anywhere from one to one omega-3 to omega-6 ratio to one to three, whereas now they're saying it's like one to 100. Mm. And it, it's because most processed foods use omega-6 um, fats mm. in them for shelf life and for taste and, and, and whatnot and because of cost. So, you know, it's really important to focus on these these high omega-free styles of diets because inflammation they think plays some role in leptin resistance as well, which makes a lot of sense because when you're obese, unfortunately, um, you know, our fat cells, particularly fat around the stomach, um, is a special type of fat called visceral fat. And this fat actually leaches cytokines and inflammation in itself. Mm. So it's an organ that produces inflammation. Oh. So what that's actually doing to your body is putting it in a highly inflamed state, which I think dampens down the response of leptin um, signaling in the body, which is really interesting in itself. So um, making sure you get a good night's... Um, Rest is really important. We know how important sleep is. We, we've seen the research around you know, just sleep deprivation in itself when they put two twins on exactly the same amount of calories mm. um, throughout a 24-hour period. Yet one twin got eight hours sleep, the other one got less than five hours sleep, mm. and the twin that got less than five hours sleep lost 50% less fat on a calorie-restricted diet than the twin that got eight hours. So you talk about a game changer when it comes to the pyramid of you know priorities when it comes to weight loss or health in general. Sleep has got to be really at the base of that. One
0: caveat to that as well is quality of sleep.
1: Mm. I'll be bang on about it, but I know if I'm on my phone and
0: I raise my hand, I'm guilty, I know it's bad, and I still do it, not all the time, but there are nights where I just get stuck on the rabbit hole, you know, you're, you're on like the property app or, you know, you're texting a mate overseas and the sleep I have the next morning of a bit on my phone, it's like my brain never switched off. Yep. But I put that phone away earlier and I was reading a book or just did some stretches. I will sleep in the deepest sleep. You remember the movie Inception? Yep. Like I'm on the bottom yeah. level. <laughs> I don't have no idea where I am. I come out going, whoa, what was that? <laughs> and I feel so much better the next day. And I'm not like, um, I'm not starving. Yep. You know, like I noticed if you, you don't sleep well, you're just, you're looking for food the yeah. next day. It's so true. It's such a it's, big uh, yeah, game it has changer. such a
1: big effect on your hormones. And mm. we know that, um, you know, blue light disrupts our circadian rhythm, our, our 24-hour body mm. clock.
0: And that's the phone, yeah. And
1: that, uh, the phone does that. And we know that this also affects our leptin levels. So really interesting how like the unstabilized um, circadian disruption of looking at a blue light before you go to bed actually then increases um, the, uh, the hormonal response when it comes to leptin as well. Hmm. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. So then the other key hormone that we spoke about earlier was ghrelin and that's termed the hunger hormone. Uh, this is actually produced in your stomach. Leptin hormones produced from our fat cells. Grolin ironically, is produced in our stomach. Right. Um, and it's actually secreted when you've got an empty stomach. So when you get that empty stomach, you start to hear that. <laughs> oh, right. Um, it's the, it's the it's, growling. It's the growling. 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 <laughs> um, and it leaves the stomach. It enters the bloodstream. And um, it affects a part of our brain called the hypothalamus. You might have heard of the hypothalamus. Um, and this governs our hormones and you know, our appetite, as well as a number of other things, you know, cravings, behavior, um, happiness, reward. Mm. Um, the hypothalamus is really, you know, integral to our health and happiness. So interesting that, um, you know, having an empty stomach um, isn't particularly good for um, this part of the brain. The higher the levels of this hormone, obviously the, uh, the hungrier you get. Um, so if you want to lose weight, you want to lower your ghrelin levels. Um, this is the key. You want to really sort of stop that stomach from dictating your behavior. Mm. Um, so you really want to keep that uh, ghrelin levels under control. And so how do we do that? Well, research has just shown that um, just within one day, now, now, I love my research and I'll look at it here just so I don't get it wrong, that one day beginning a diet, your ghrelin levels will start to go up um, and this continues to go on and on and on. Um, one study said that in three-month weight loss um, study they did, that they had nearly double the levels of ghrelin in that period. Their levels went from 770 to 1,322 In just that three month period.
0: So, is that because they're not eating as much? They're not eating. And then, then so as it's going up, is that making us. Is that better for us or worse? No,
1: making us hungrier. So it's producing more of this hormone. So gorilla. it's trying
0: to go eat, eat, eat. eat so eat, what eat, we want to do is just keep that kind of calm. Yeah. You wanna, we don't want that to. Not
1: low ghrelin levels. It's
0: almost like, for example, if I could give the analogy of boiling water, yep. right? And we don't want it to boil over because then we're going to go, get me the food. Yeah. And we're going to, fridge door is going to wide open, right? We want to kind of keep that water from boiling over and that's keeping ghrelin down.
1: Yeah, keeping ghrelin down. And we want to obviously elevate leptin and make sure our sensitivity is mm-hmm. high. But we want to keep, you know, that grilling that we feel in our stomach at a much lower level. So, I'm guessing
0: that's why we don't, we don't, we will avoid like starvation yes, diets. We yeah. want to not go too long between meals. Well, you we want
1: to yeah, make sure that the body realizing that it is going to get food at some particular point of time. Okay. So, you know, it's saying, okay, now I'm burning fat. This is cool. This is cool. I want to burn fat forever because I'm going to have no fat left on my body. Remember, fat's just stored energy, and that's what it was there for. Our ancestors wanted fat on their bodies. So when they went through these periods of, you know, whether it was extreme weather or whether it was, you know, through extreme um, periods where they didn't have food for whatever reason, Mm. um, they had that body fat on them to sustain themselves. So um, another interesting study was a six month um, bodybuilding diet, which they um, examined, and these people. Got to really, really low levels of body fat, which you can imagine. Um, But their ghrelin levels increased by amazing 40%, which is incredible. And I've been starving. Yeah, so essentially, what these studies are showing us, which we already should know now, is that the longer you diet, um, and the more body fat, and particularly muscle, this is really important, and the more muscle that you lose, you know, the higher the levels of ghrelin is going to be. So that's why it makes it so much harder as well to maintain weight once you come off a diet,
0: mm. because
1: you're thinking just by white knuckling it, yep. I'm going, I'm going good here. You know, if I get just through another week of not eating, you know, when I get to the other side you know, it's going to all be good, but what happens is-
0: And you said, yeah, the problem is as well, you've said if you get on the scales, that's false because you're losing muscle as well. Yeah. And you need that muscle on there. We
1: want want fat loss, not weight loss. And Mm. this is really, really important. A lot of people focus, you know, on the scales and a lot of the weight they lose to start with is going to be water weight. And particularly if they go on a low carbohydrate diet, because for every gram of carbohydrates you ingest, you hold nearly three times that amount in water, mm. um, in the muscle or in the in the in the fat cells, um, because of the ingestion of carbohydrate. So the first thing we can do is avoid extreme diets, because we know that that's going to obviously naturally kick up our ghrelin levels. So you go from eating, like most blokes do, you go from eating KFC and you know having a six pack every night to say I'm going on a ketogenic diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you think's yeah. going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, prioritizing sleep is really important once again, which we spoke about. It has a huge impact. Increasing muscle mass, which is really um, important. So the more muscle that we seem to have, it seems to make our ghrelin levels a lot less higher, Mm -hmm. which I found really interesting. And sticking to a high protein diet was also seen to be very favorable as well. We know that protein has the largest effect on satiety when it comes to any of the macronutrients, so carbohydrates, fat, and protein. Out of them, free macronutrients, the most satisfying of them um, macronutrients Mm. for the human body and the brain is protein.
0: And that's going to keep you fuller for longer. And that's like before with the boiling analogy, it's going to keep the water down. Your body isn't going to go, where's the food? Yeah. You're going to last a lot longer. That doesn't mean you have to go eat six steaks, people. That just can be eggs. It can be a combination of things, you know, salmon. Like there's other things. I think when people think protein, they think they have to go and get like a, (laughs) you know, a $200 giant steak. Like there are other options as well.
1: Yeah. And and I really am fascinated by the um, protein-leveraging Hypothesis theory that's really gaining momentum at the moment amongst a lot of the scientists, which essentially is saying that um, our bodies have a set point of protein requirements. And until it reaches that requirement on a daily basis, we are always going to be craving and searching for food till we reach that level. So that's why they say go protein first. And they're recommending, you know, one gram of protein per pound of body weight, um, which is huge. But when you consider that, so someone like myself who weighs 180 pounds, let's call it, um, that's 180 grams of protein. A day. That's mm. a lot of bloody protein when yeah. you think about it. So they just focus on eating protein and, and, you could argue that if you have to eat that bloody much protein in a day, mm. you're going to not have room for anything else anyway. Yeah. So through default, you're getting the most beneficial macronutrient, which is protein, which is so, mm. you know, but important. that's why you
0: invented shakes, right? Because yeah. you can get a lot of it in that
1: way. Well, you get 30 grams a, a yeah. serve of the man shake or the lady shake. So so to get 180 grams a day, it's a lot of protein, as yeah. you can see. And that's where things like shakes do play a, a, an effective role for a lot of people from a cost point of view and a convenience point of view. But um, I'm a big proponent of this, and I'm seeing a lot of studies that are showing that people that go on this higher protein Style of diet are getting much better results when it comes to maintaining their muscle mass as well, which is really important. You know, you've heard about the studies, maybe about the guy going on the Twinkie diet, where all he ate was Twinkies, um, but he kept his calories, you know, below his maintenance level, so therefore he lost weight. Mm. But then you've got to ask yourself, did he lose fat? or did you lose muscle, yeah. or did you lose just water? So it's really interesting that a calorie is not a calorie. We know that. Um, so it's really important that um, you know we meet the requirements of protein on a number of levels. It's obviously a, a, a food that keeps us really satisfied, but it also fuels the most important thing when it comes to health because I believe that muscle is medicine. So the other key takeaway from um, the research I did as well was that you need to cycle your calories like we spoke about before, and this is where the treat meal comes back into it. Um, Research showed that periods of higher calorie intake can reduce hunger hormones and increase leptin and ghrelin by as much as 18% in just two weeks, which is incredible. So if you're somebody that, you know, has hit that wall with their diet and they're not losing any more weight, I hear it all the time, people saying, oh, you know, I've lost so much weight now, I can't lose any more weight. Don't go further extreme. Don't go further. Give yourself a little bit of a diet break, go back to maintenance level of calories Mm. or slightly above. And, you know, just in a couple of weeks, you know, these these ghrelin leptin levels, which really drive, you know, your ability to, to comply with a diet and obviously also not be suffering when you are trying to lose weight yeah. by up to nearly 20%, which I found was um, absolutely fascinating. So, plenty of other great research, you know, around, um, you know, the effectiveness of, of making sure that we, we jump on the bandwagon of this treat meal way of doing dieting, a study in the International Journal of Obesity found that dieters that took a two-week break from their low-calorie meal plan lost more weight than people who just dieted consistently. Um, The Australian researchers, which was great, there were Australian researchers which did this study. That's good. Yeah, they discovered that the dieters who deviated away from their prescribed diet dropped about 50% more weight. Yeah, wow. So these people that actually had treat meals, Alex, lost 50% wow. more weight. So who would you rather be, right? Yeah, exactly. Would you rather be the bloke that goes, you know what, it's the weekend, I'm going to go out and have a couple of beers and a hamburger, like I said at the start of the podcast, yeah. or you're going to be the miserable sod who goes to his mates, hey, mate, you know what, sorry, I can't come out this weekend. Yeah. I'm just going to sit at home and watch cooking shows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And that comes back to everything you've been saying about the podcast, and I suppose... that comes back to everything you've been saying on this episode as well, it is still, not saying stop the diet, start the diet, it's just, you're still going to be consistent, it's a diet you're sticking to, these things happen over a long time, but throughout it, deviate, have a a beer with the boys, have, you know, go for lunch with the girls, do whatever you want on the weekend, and then go back to it, be consistent, treat yourself, and your body's actually going to reward you for that by 50% more weight loss in the long term. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's, It's
1: incredible, and the simple fact is, you can't argue that weight loss is all about creating a calorie deficit. Lots of people argue that, you know, it's, oh, calorie it's about other calorie things, on, yeah. like it's about hormones, it's about, they all play a role. Weight loss is so complex. It's so, so complex. Um, but the key to sustained weight loss and success is compliance and consistency. That That's the key. This is all about consistency. We're not saying go out and eat crap food all the time and, no. and whatnot, um, but you have to really think about the effect that your actions are having on your hormones. And that's what hopefully we can do today is pass on some wisdom, which shows you that you know, you're know you going to hit these walls, but as long as you're resetting and you, you know, you're recharging these hormones, there's hope at the end of the tunnel for you. And it, it's also another little great tip as well is when you are having this treat meal, think about what sort of treat meal that you do have. Because research has shown that meals that are higher in carbohydrates, which is really interesting because we know, I suppose, the popularity at the moment of these high fat style, sort of uh, ketogenic styles of diets and, you know, carnivore diets and, you know, the list goes on and on, you know, Atkins diets, that carbohydrates have been demonized. But when it comes to resetting your metabolism, uh, particularly your leptin and ghrelin hormones, they really need carbohydrates. Mm. So this is really, really important. So
0: carbohydrate feels a lot of brain function too. So you, uh, you do need them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, one study showed that for females, um, which... You know it could be argued need more carbohydrates, some people argue than men that by upping their carbohydrate intake, they seen an increase in leptin levels by twenty eight percent. So and also in the twenty four hour period after ingesting these carbohydrates it was really, really interesting. Their metabolisms increased by nearly eight percent. Oh wow. So you know if you really want to burn more calories within a twenty four hour period <laughs> without having to go to the gym, if you feel that your metabolism is starting to go down, and a great way to hack it yourself is by taking your core body temperature before you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning. So if your core body temperature starts to drop, you know that your metabolism is starting to slow down as well. Hmm. Is a well, maybe this is now time. You know, I'm getting a rumbling stomach. I'm getting cold. My metabolism is starting to slow down. <laughs> no Here way. we go. Yeah, so... So
0: if, you, if I, let's say I take my temperature yep. at night and in the morning it's lower than it was, but when I went to bed, it means my metabolism No, dropping. no, so
1: if you take it at the same time, but oh. making sure that, you know, if you start to notice over a period of time. Oh, every that, night yeah, before bed. Yeah, every night, you know, or in the morning when you first get up, that you're starting to see that your core body temperature is starting to lower on a consistent basis. That <laughs> means that, yeah, your metabolism is starting to adjust. Cool. So, you know, the body's very smart. You know, you see a lot of people lose a lot of weight just by fidgeting. Mm. Funny story is my wife bought me an aura ring for Christmas. I thought, what a beautiful gift she's got me here, you know, and... um, After the first week of wearing the Oura ring, she, she asked, she summoned me to the kitchen and said, oh, can I just have a look at your phone, the app? And... I just want to see how many steps you've been doing and how much sleep you've been getting and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, wow, how nice. She's caring about my health. (laughs) And she goes, yep, I thought so. You're a lazy bastard. She goes, you walk the dog, you you exercise, you know, you do this, you do that. And she goes, look how many steps you've taken. You've taken, you know, so many steps. She goes, I've nearly doubled you. Yeah. And she goes, I've got a broken toe. Yeah. And she goes, I can't exercise. All I do is run around after the kids. Yeah. And my wife literally took 20,000 steps. Yeah over the Christmas period on average, running around after the kids. Yeah, wow. And here I was exercising twice a day, you know, going for a walk in the morning, walking the dog, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was struggling to make the 15,000 steps, most days about Mm 12,000. And I could not believe how smart the body was, particularly on days when I I exercised reasonably hard, when I did some body weight stuff or, you know, I I did some sprints or whatever it might have been. My body then for the rest of the day, Wanted to sit around. Yeah. Didn't want to move. Hands up. Thank you. Hands up, I'm, done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I've done what I Happy needed days. to do. And I always say the biggest mistake a lot of people make is say, I'm going to the gym for an hour today. It's only 4% of your whole day when you consider it. Yeah. 4%. One hour of your day is only 4% of the total day. Mm. What do you do for the rest of the 23 hours? Mm. That's why a lot of people struggle, Alex, with diets. Because mm. when you think about a diet, it's something that you're doing for the whole day. Mm. So that's where people make the mistake. Of going, I've gone to the gym. It's only an hour. I'll suffer for an hour. Then I can eat whatever I want. Yep. And they undo all that good work because it's much easier to go and train for an hour than it is to be diligent about thinking about what you're eating for 24 hours of the day.
0: So back to what you were saying just before we got into that, we did deviate a little bit, which was when you get to the treat meal, don't be afraid of actually making carbs part of that because your body's going to want that and it's going to help you reset those leptin and ghrelin levels and it's actually going to increase your
1: metabolism. Certainly is. It's really yeah. important to make sure that we're not demonizing carbohydrates, particularly yeah. in these treat meals. That we really go for for foods that have got carbohydrates in them. So, so look for the quality of your foods t- too. So we really want to, if we're going to really get the full benefit of, of this strategy of, of focusing on, you know, hormones for weight loss, really make sure that you enjoy the treat meal like we spoke about earlier. Don't call it a, tr- a cheat meal, mm. call it a treat meal, and just enjoy it, you know. But don't go overboard. So if you're going to have the pizza, don't get the garlic bread and the, the bottle of soft drink that goes with it. You know, it's a bit like the, uh, the the tire slashing analogy we used at the start of the podcast, just because you slash one, get one flat yeah, tire, yeah, yeah. don't slash the other three. Yep. And, you know, it's really, really interesting to, to make sure that you're choosing quality food. So why not make your own pizza at home? Yeah. You know, there's no reason if you want to have a pizza – and what this really does too is it helps reset your palate. You hear a lot of people talk about this. Um, when I was an athlete, you know, I wasn't metabolically healthy. I was basically a diabetic from all the sugar I was eating every single day, eating half a kilo of lollies nearly every single day, yeah. you know, drinking three liters of Gatorade, just living on processed carbohydrates, whether it was bread or pasta, instant energy, which, you know, we were told was important to fuel our muscles, which it is. But it wasn't great for your health or your mm. metabolic health in particular, your insulin um, levels and, you know, your, your, your inflammation and whatnot. So, you you don't realize that the quality of your food, how it then affects your taste buds. So, if all of a sudden you abstain from a lot of these foods, your taste buds are going to actually change. So, people that are obese, it's been proven that they actually are a lot less sensitive to sugar, the taste of sweetness. So, after a while, they need more and more sweetness to actually get that sensation. So- Start to make food from scratch. I think that's a, a, a pretty cool tip. So if you want to make a hamburger, just go and make a grass-fed, you know, mince, make it up yourself, and you'll still enjoy it. But what it'll also do when you eat this crap food from time to time, it makes you realize you're not missing out on that much. Yeah. I don't know about you.
0: You know, actually, my wife and I were on the road, and we were starving, and we, the only thing we did was pull into some fast food, and we thought, oh, we haven't had it in, I don't know, years, and we ate it, and I was like, this is rubbish. And we didn't <laughs> even finish it. Because we hadn't, I remember when I was younger, I would eat that all the time. If those who were early adopters of the podcast, I used to be very, very, very overweight, and I didn't, I would love that food. I ate it all the time. Yeah, but you don't realize how bad it is until you actually eat it.
1: Yeah, you don't realize how you don't miss it. So. And
0: sugar's the same. You don't realize how sweet things are until you haven't had a bicky for yeah. a while, and you go, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Adam, before we finish, I'm actually quite curious. What's your treat meal? We spoke about the Rock, how he <laughs> always shows his, but I don't know what yours is, mate.
1: Ice cream, I think. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. ice cream. I, I don't know why, but yeah, I just love ice cream, and and I always like to eat it out of the tub. And I actually also like to indulge on one. Of them people that um, just can't have ice cream. So mm. I love cream. So I like to put even cream on top of it <laughs> and some chocolate, even more dark chocolate and some nuts. So macadamia nuts. I love macadamia nuts and I love cream. So, um, look, you, you oh, can't even look me in the eye. I, can't you look like it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I just, and I just have the tub as well. You know, it's like the spoon straight in. Absolutely love ice cream and cream and, you know. I'm one of them guys that you know you might see him like lift up a sponge cake and eat the cream straight out of it. I just absolutely uh, yeah, love like tiramisu you know, and uh, things So ice cream and sponge cake together—that's my deadly <laughs> double. I'm not going to lie to you; it's just the best ever, you know. And as far as flavor of ice cream goes. Uh, it's, it's unlimited really. I, I think variety, we spoke about the importance of variety in your diet. I think it's very important to make sure that when you're eating ice cream that you cover all the colours of the rainbow. <laughs>
0: that's <was> very honest. <laughs> what about you, you my friend? Uh, mine is actually something that's got a lot of carbs in it. Yep. So it's like, uh, you know the Vietnamese roll they're called Fan yeah. yeah. but like the big one with like all the stuff in it is my favourite or it would be like a big burger like something like that that's very bready Yeah, that's for me I'm I'm not really like chasing chocolates and things yeah. like that I'm after a big savoury thing
1: Well I'd love to hear anybody's favourite treat meals if they've got some make sure that you um, send them through to us and uh, you got any tips on how to cook them up or, or prepare them as well Make sure you share them with us. We're always looking to boost our leptin and ghrelin levels, Alex.
0: Keep your questions coming through <laughs> healthhacker at themanshake.com.au or Adam's socials or the Manshake socials. DM us your treat meals. Health Hacker was created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. To listen to more episodes, search Health Hacker Podcast. Listen for free at podcast1australia.com.au or download the Podcast One Australia app.